Welcome to the Strong John Fitness Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your best body without the BS. We'll cover training, nutrition, basically everything you need for a successful fitness journey, and we'll have some fun along the way. I'm your host, John Vlahoinakos. Let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have another amazing guest. This one is, is a little bit extra special because we can just chit-chat about hockey all the time. Uh, although, I don't really want to talk hockey much this year. Those that know me know, and uh, we're not going to go there. So, this is uh, Jeff Hain. Um, Pleasure to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, we uh, I think we got our hockey talk out of the way off air. Uh, kind of a sore subject for you this year, but there's always next year, right? It's not great. It's not looking good for the next five. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause when my kids are older and then maybe the team will be good and I can rub it in people's faces again. But you know, I, I had my chance last year and that was, that was it for me. Yeah. Kind of like we said off air, it's like, it, it's fun to get there, but then if you lose, it's like, Oh man, that, that freaking sucks. Cause like the Cardinals uh, for baseball have been in the world series a couple of times and lost. And those always, I feel like hurt a ton when they, when they get there and lose. So yeah. Um, but yeah, man, hopefully, hopefully things turn around. I feel like with the rebuild, it does take time and hopefully you can get some luck thrown nice. in there as well. But nice. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. So uh, for those that don't know you, um, they need to get to know you ASAP because you're an incredible coach. You know your stuff big time. Just let everyone know kind of your introduction, what got you into fitness, and you can go as deep in the background as you want. Cool. Yeah. First of all, I appreciate that, man. And again, thanks for, thanks for having me on. I had you on, I think it was a couple months ago, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that. And it was a great episode. So yeah, I'm excited to get on here. So again, thanks for having me on. So as far as like my background goes, so I, you know, I, I think it's a typical guy that, you know, I played sports in high school, did that, you know, we had a workout and I always, always enjoyed sports, love sports. Obviously we talk about hockey. And so I, you know, when I had to work out for sports, I freaking hated it. Like I just, I hate it doing the, the workouts. I, I would skip them and, and I just didn't enjoy it. And I think part of it was because I felt like it was, you know, like I was more forced than anything, but I did start to kind of enjoy it, you know, towards the end, like me and my buddy, we would always during our like high school um, class, we would always do like squats and curls. It was like the weirdest combination. That was like our two things were like squats and curls. And so I, I did start to kind of like the weight training aspect of it. And then when I got done with sports, I didn't play in, in college or anything. I did play um, college roller hockey for our uh, like junior college team here. So like, but again, you could imagine how serious that was, you know, it was basically like, we'd have like games on like, it was like once a one week in a month. So you play like four games and like local colleges around here. It was, it was fun, but um, anyways, that's kind of as far as my college uh, sports went, but basically from there, I remember I, I joined a gym. And then when I, when I joined that gym in college, I basically just, I always had to go with somebody. Like I hated going to the gym by myself. I always felt like I needed to go with somebody, um, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a short guy. So like for me, I was short, skinny. So like, I didn't have much going for me. So, you know, I thought for me, it's like, well, you know, one thing I can control obviously is getting stronger and, and building some muscle. So I did that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, as you know, when you try to go with like other people, it just gets super hard to uh, get your schedules lined up, things like that. And so, you know, eventually I had to kind of rip the bandaid off and start kind of going by myself. And, and I did that. And really since then, I haven't ever looked back, you know, for whatever reason, for me, 
working out's just always been something that's, uh, again, it gave me confidence, you know, and, and I just really enjoyed it. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like, just really hard to describe like that feeling you get, but I just always have loved working out. And for me, it's just like, this is what I do. But anyways, like from there, you know, my goal was to, again, like I said, get bigger. Uh, so I did that. Um, I definitely got to the point where like, you know, I overdid it. I probably gained too much weight. You know, it's just like, I would see people that had been training for years and, you know, I was like, I want to look like them. I want to look just like them. And so I would, you know, try to rush the process and, you know, do things that probably weren't sustainable or, or best for me in the long term. And some of those things would be, you know, like, you know, think I needed to train seven days a week, you know, not taking any rest days, always pushing it, you know, never really taking the time to actually like try to like rest or recover. Um, and, and so, you know, and then, like I said, I also tried to do it where like, I just was eating. Like, I remember my goal was like, I want to get to like 190. So I'm, I'm five, I'm five, seven ish. I tell people five, seven, I'm probably closer to five, six, but you know, whatever, I'll just say five, seven. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, 190 for me is, you know, pretty, pretty, like that's a good amount of weight for somebody that short. And so like, I just, I remember I just in college, uh, towards the end of my college career, I just try to push it. And, and I, and I definitely saw size, but then I was definitely like, man, I definitely did this too far, you know? So, um, so I took it too far, uh, as well, but from there, uh, you know, again, I just always like kept training though. Like I always just made sure that, you know, I was consistent and, and, and got in there. Obviously my practices weren't the great, the greatest. And then when I got done with college, um, I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do. And so I actually got a, like, uh, a job as like assistant general manager at a gym. And so really with that job, I was like more so like the assistant manager selling memberships and like taking care of the gym. It wasn't like training or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. It was a good thing for me. You know, again, I was able to continue to train um, suboptimally, but I was able to train uh, as much as I wanted, you know, cause I was in the gym. And then one day I just kind of like, I, I got promoted to GM. I went to a different one. And then finally, I just got to the point where I was like, man, I'm, I'm just selling memberships. Like I, you know, I'd, I'd sign people up and then I hook them up with the trainer. Like they had like a training company that was within the, 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 uh, the gym. And I was just like, man, this like, isn't, you know, I'd sign these people up and then I would like never see most of them again, you know? Yeah. And so it just, it, it was like, I was helping them out, but I really wasn't. And again, I always loved fitness. But I was like, man, I can't make a career out of that. So all of a sudden, you know, I, I took this job where I was, you know, GM salaried, you know, making not a lot of money, but like decent money for somebody who was like 23, you know? Um, and I was like, man, I, I just want to do more. And, and so I made the leap of, I, I made the switch to uh, being a GM to, to a trainer. And, and the way the training company worked was you basically were independent contractors. So like you only got paid for your session. So I made that, I made that switch. Um, and then luckily, like in that time, I just started to kind of learn more about like fitness and nutrition side of things. And I just really fell in love with like learning about those things and kind of the more like nerdy sciencey type things. Um, I don't like do research or anything, but I just really enjoyed like that side of it. Um, you know, learning the ins and outs, but anyways, I, I trained for a little bit and on the side, like I started my online business. And so, uh, you know, I, I did that. And then now it's, it's, you know, this was probably back in like 2017 ish when I did this. And so, uh, since then, you know, luckily I started that online thing on the side, grew my in-person business. And then slowly over time, it like, it went from like, you know, it was like 90% in-person to slowly, it was like 75, 25 and 50, 50. And now it's, you know, fully online now. And so I'm, I'm you know, where I want to be on that uh, in terms of that. So that's kind of my roundabout way there in terms of how I got into the fitness industry. Uh, and then obviously we did OTA two together with, you know, John Goodman's course, that was super helpful. And it was actually during a really like good time too, because of the pandemic and everything like that. And that was, that was super helpful. 
Um, but in the process too, you know, again, I, I just love the, the, the science-y stuff behind it. Um, I just graduated with my master's in human performance and nutrition. So like it was more like sports nutrition based, you know, things like body composition type stuff, things that are going to really help my clients. You know, I learned about that. Um, and then as far as like other things I've done in the fitness industry, I did two bodybuilding shows. So I always like to tell people that because I think it's important to let them know, like, you know, basically with that, you know, you have to cut, you have to, you know, you have to gain weight, you have to maintain weight. So I've kind of done it all. And I like to explain that to people, but at, like for now, my main goals in terms of like training nutrition is I just want to obviously keep lifting long-term, um, keep growing my, my business, keep learning more. Uh, as you know, there's always more that you can learn. And then, uh, you know, just keep trying to build as much muscle as I can. And, you know, I'm not trying to look like uh, obviously super jack bodybuilder, but I do want to try to build as much muscle as I can. And, you know, just have that, that good physique. And then um, as I get older, continue to maintain that and, and just stay strong and healthy and, and, and look good. Cause I think, you know, you're a parent, you understand this. Like, I think it's cooler to, to be like, it's, it's cool to be in shape when you're single and, and whatnot, but you know, once you have kids, I feel like that's even cooler. And as you get older, I think it's even cooler to be able to do that. And that's ultimately what I want to do. So like for me, not only look my best now, but also long-term too. Love it. Thanks for sharing that, man. That was, uh, that was a great, that was a great in-depth picture as to like how far you've come. I'm very curious. I'm going to take it back just a little bit Yeah. as to your suboptimal training. Cause I think we've all done that. Whereas like I hated training chest because I sucked at it. So it was like leg day every other day, um, which I guess is a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I trained like, as I got older, I trained arms way too much. So everyone's like, Oh, your arms. I'm like, I just, I overtrained them for like two years straight when I was like 19 years old. <laughs> There's no secrets other than that. Um, I actually really don't like training arms much anymore, if you can believe it, but I'd love to know like how you learned to work out or like, did your like gym partner help you out? Were you watching any YouTube videos or reading things? Like what was your kind of source of info before you dove into personal training and stuff like that? Yeah. So for me, it was you know, just like getting stuff off the internet for sure. Especially mm -hmm. in my, like when I, let's call those my like suboptimal days, but you, you know, like I said, I wasn't, uh, that worked for me because, you know, anything you really do, like in the beginning is going to work until yeah. it doesn't. And, and so, you know, you can get away with a lot of things, but again, I talked about the long-term sustainability of it. And that to me is more important. And that's something that I think is, uh, stuff that I've learned more about, but as far as that goes, you know, again, just, just talking to other people in the gym, like just talking to people that, it, you know, other guys that lift it, you know, and this is where I'm sure I, that probably is where some of the poor training methods came into play is because you know how it is when you just listen to random people at the gym, it's <laughs> who knows what, you don't know what the hell you're going to hear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, it, talking crazy. to the biggest, talking to the biggest dude in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and for people listening, like it's good to listen to those people because they, they, they obviously have put in the time, right? Like they, they have put in the time and they, they, they probably know what they're doing a little bit, but when it comes to like building muscle too, there's a very large genetic component. So you always have to be careful with like talking to like this, the most jacked dude in the gym. And that being the reason why you're going to like get training advice from him, just because they can, they can technically get away with like suboptimal prep, prep or, or just stuff. That's obviously just stuff that worked for them. You, you know what I mean? Like, for example, uh, you know, you talk about legs and this was one of the mistakes I made years ago is I never, I hated training legs. So, you know, it was like, uh, you know what? I don't really feel like going to the gym today, but I do want to lift. So I'm just going to do upper body. I can do legs. I did legs <laughs> two weeks ago. I'm good. Um, and so that was, you know, one of them, but for example, like myself at this point now come to find out, you know, as you like kind of dial in your training, you, you learn like what works for you and like, 
you kind of see how different body parts respond to training. And for me, I'm lucky in that my legs are like super responsive to building muscle. Like literally, I swear to you, man, I could do, I could do like two or three sets a week of quads. And I, I probably at the very least will maintain, but they'll just keep growing. Like for me, just whatever reason, my quads are just like, that's like my part that just, just grows super quick. And so like, you know, the advice that I'm going to give somebody isn't going to be the same as, you know, somebody that has legs that don't grow as much. Right. So yeah. just kind of an example there on that. Um, but anyways, as far as what I learned, so that, and then I did grab a trainer um, at one point when like, I just was having like some, like, again, I, I felt like I was stuck. And then I also just was like, kind of having some shoulder pain. And again, I just didn't feel like I was going anywhere. Like I love working out, but it just literally felt like I wasn't like, like nothing was going anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? It just, just felt stuck. So I did grab a trainer and he really helped me work on like incorporating more uh, compound lifts um, and just incorporating other things. And, and from, from him, I did learn a lot. And he kind of was the one that inspired me to really want to learn more. And, and then from there, it was just, I got lucky and I just started kind of seeking that knowledge out. And I wanted it to be just because I know like the perception of people in the fitness industry is like, you know, oh, we're just kind of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of slime in the industry. Right. And I think that that translates to everybody. So like, for me, it was always like, I want to make sure that I'm not just like, I want people to know I'm not just doing this just to like make quick buck or, mm -hmm. you know, I want to make sure like the information I'm putting out is like quality information. So that way, if anyone's ever like, you know, if I'm posting things on social media, like I want them to know that it's not just something that I'm just like, you know, making up as I go, like it's something that's actually there's, there's stuff behind it. Right. Um, which you have to be careful with that in the fitness industry, as, as you know, because some of that stuff is, you know, either cherry picked or just like, again, people are just making stuff up because of yeah. what they heard from the guy at the gym. Um, so that was it. I kind of just seeked it out, like from there after grabbing a trainer. So like that was really uh, important. And then from there, like I said, I just started reading books, like ones that kind of like were, uh, helpful for me were like starting strength. Like that got me into, to like, want to learn more. Like you, you would see what books he, he, he recommended, you know, stuff that he would recommend. And then from there, you'd go from there. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of mind pump, but they were really helpful for me when I first started training. And, you know, then from there, I, I found this niche of, of people and then just kind of spiraled down from there. But I think the big thing was I enjoyed it. I love, I love learning about it. And because of that, I was able to like keep moving forward and, and learn more. Amazing. Yeah. And I find talking through talking with coaches through podcasts, through texting, whatever it is, some of my favorite people, someone I would say like the best coaches that I've interacted with all went through that, that stage of like fucking shit up for themselves first and just learning yeah. the hard way. And then they have this transition of like, well, I learned the hard way and I want to help people avoid doing that. And that's exactly what you're describing to me. That's what I went through. Like I went through the whole clean eating BS and binge eating and crash dieting and it just it never worked and then once I found what worked I'm like I need to share this with as many people as I can and just transform people's way of thinking I think that plays a major major part so I mean my my main question is to you is what what made that shift of like I, I want to help people get in shape because you're saying you're you're doing okay you're lifting you're the GM but what made you be like I want to train people like I want to get out there and help them yeah so man what what like really was the switch there on that so again, kind of, kind of like you said there, I think the big thing was me like going through it myself, I think was like you said, super helpful. Like, you know, I, I went through this, you know, I was working hard. Like I want to make sure that other people don't have to like make the same mistakes as, as myself. And then too, you know, it, 
when I would sign people up, you know, it was like, they were like super excited about getting started and, and signing up. And then like, you just wouldn't see those people again. And I was just like, yeah. man, there's, there's gotta be like, there's gotta be something here to where it's like, you know, you would sit. Cause like the way that they, this gym had it set up is you, you wouldn't just like be like, okay, you want to sign up? Cool. Just here, here's the membership. That's <laughs> what it's like. They, they did want you to dig a little bit deeper, which, which was cool. Right now, some people yeah. obviously didn't want to do that, but you know, you would sit down with some of these people that you could just tell they really, they did want to do it. But then as you know, man, it's like, you either find stuff on the internet or uh, you just think that it's like in your head, you want to do it, but it's not that easy. Right. Like it, you, even though you do want to do it, like there's some things that like, you know, you could do think like, for example, and this is something that we'll talk about with like the transformation stuff. Like, you know, people think that they have to like completely change. Like you do need to make mm. a change obviously, but people think that they have to like make these huge changes and like, you know, just, stuff that isn't sustainable nor are that they things that they actually need to do to get where they want to be. And so I think that that can be intimidating, but that was really the big thing too, is seeing these people be so excited about signing up and like getting started and like talking about all these things that are going to change for them. And then you'd never see them again. Right. Like yeah, that was just yeah. like super disheartening to, to see that. Cause you, you know, you know, you would build that relationship with that person in that short amount of time. So that was probably the, the big thing there for me, you know, my personal experience, you know, wanting again to, just give people good information. And so they weren't like doing stupid stuff. I don't want to say stupid stuff, but just doing suboptimal stuff. And then again, them getting so excited and then never seeing them. Again. And I, yeah. And I remember when I worked in a box gym, when I was a, I was a trainer, I didn't have to sell to clients and have to find my own. They'd find them for me. But like, it would happen where the person selling the personal training packages would build a relationship with that person and then pawn them off. I'm say pawn them off to me. And then sometimes people don't, they're disappointed because they wanted to work with that person and and not that they didn't like me whatever but it'd be it'd be create this weird relationship where it's like i know a little bit of this person based on what i was told instead of now for the past few years it's like you build a relationship with the clients whether they want to sign on or not so it's it's a big big difference maker and you know and you can discuss it further too if, if you want is just the the emotions attached to everything when it comes to fitness and nutrition and like what people want to achieve plays such a big role where they'll talk themselves out of it because they think they've they've done it before and it's not for them or they have these like really just extreme things that they think they have to do based on you know previous experience previous knowledge and and it's true it's like it's not that they're doing things like you said stupid shit it's not that they're doing it on purpose it's just they don't know any better right it's it's like that was us. That was us back in the days. I didn't know any better. I learned from what I learned from. It turns out most of that stuff wasn't very good, but you learn. So, um, you know, the fact that you transition to like, I need to help these people and just, it's almost like you want to be there from day one until they're ready to go on their own, which is sounds like a coach to me for sure. Yeah, that was, and it, it was similar to, you know, that situation too, where like it, it was, it, you know, I would sign them up and then, and then there would be like a group of trainers. And, and then to the downside with that is like, not it was nice to like, and they wouldn't always sign up with trainers either. Right. But when they would, it's like, you also didn't know how that particular trainer was or like what their methods were, what they did. And, and again, this was before I really like dope, like got into like learning more about like fitness, nutrition, just like the ins and outs, like personal training, things like that. And you would just kind of go off of like what other people would say, or like, sometimes, you know, how like some trainers are, like they just portray themselves as like, they're just amazing. And it's like, looking back, I'm like, damn, there was a lot of trainers there. And I was just like, I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so you also have that as well, where it's like, you don't really know, like, 
and maybe they are good, but then, you know, there's people that know what they're doing, but they also are not a good coach at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, so all those things are, are important uh, as, as well in, in, in that. So you decided to take it in your own hands and, and here you are, was it four years later? I think it was 2017 um, when I did it. I remember too, this is a funny story. This will help people out. And I kind of wrote a blog on this. So, and I'll, I'll tell people like where they can find that, but it was an interesting situation. So this, the, the company I work for at the gym, they, you know, they obviously had like their employees, but then this, the training company that was in the gym was, they were independent contractors. So it was like a separate company in a way, but they were subcontracted. Right. So when I, when I decided I was going to make that switch uh, to training to, or from, the GM to, to training, there was this big, big ordeal where they're like, they, like the, the gym didn't want their GMs like moving over. Right. Like I was like the first one to ever like do that. And they were just like, why would this guy want to go from a salary commission to just being a trainer? And like, I think they kind of used me as a, um, uh, like an example where they were like, well, you, you can't train for three months. So like, I literally went from a GM salary you know, and I'm 20, I think it was 25 at the time when this happened. Okay. Luckily I lived with my parents, so I didn't have that, but still, man, I still had bills to pay, you know, even, even though I lived with my parents, like I still had bills to pay. And they, so they, um, told me I can't train for three months. And so I didn't get to train for three months. Right. So this was before I even started training, man. And so, as you know, like when you're trying to train, when you train people, like there, you can learn as much as you want in a book, like you can study your NASM, but it's like, you don't learn shit until you, actually work with people. You know what I mean? You don't learn, you, you can apply whatever you want, but like it, it, you have to actually work with people to get that experience. So, you know, I'm sitting here for three months and, and mind you, I did that in December. And so they didn't let oh, me start training until March. So it's like, <laughs> I missed the busy season too, you know? Wow. Um, anyway, so, uh, so I'm just sitting there, man, just like, uh, you know, I don't have any income coming in and I'm just like, Oh crap, what did I do? And I remember, man, that, that first week where I finally was able to start training people you know, I don't have any clients and you don't make money until you actually get paying clients. So dude, it was like three months without a paycheck. Luckily I had just enough in my savings to make it through again, living at home obviously helped. Um, and then that first two weeks, man, I probably put in, dude, I, I, I probably put in, you know, 40, 60 hours per week. And that first paycheck, I got like 215 bucks and I'm just like, Holy shit. I'm just like, dude, what am I going to do? You know, like I, yeah. I was like, I, 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 there was many times and I make this a point in that blog. There was many times where I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, what did I do? And, but for whatever reason, I just kind of just kept like having that faith that it was going to work out. And, mm. and it, so far, you know, it has obviously, you know, there's always room to grow, but so far it has. And, and so it's it, kind of a weird experience, but I left that out earlier, but I feel like that's kind of an important piece. That's, of, in, yeah, of that's that. intense, man. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I feel for you, man. Like, Personal training is great. Like there are a lot of positives to it. I do sometimes miss being on the gym floor with people, but at the same time, especially where I am now, like two kids and in a busy household, it's like my time is the most valuable thing in a way. Yeah. Um, and then maybe down the road, like I've always teased my wife that like, maybe I'll like purchase a little studio here and just train people like one-on-one for a couple hours in the middle of the day when the kids are away. Right. But for right now it's 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 building the online side of things and i get i get still you're still helping people which is which is great um in the, in the reach too you know i mean the reach that you can that that you have online is you true. just can help more people you know what i mean and, and again i it's not i think there's in the the day and age we live now and the technology we have we're able to make this process just as good if not better 
online than we can in, in person too. So it's, it's super cool. And I'm thankful, you know, for the time that we are in right now to, to be able to, to do this. So yeah, it's a great way to look at it. It's true. Cause I've, I think I did a count last year, like how many States I, uh, yeah. I coach people in. it's, it's kind of wild, like Alaska, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and a few others. I'm like, this is kind of nuts, dude. Like, cause normally it's just everyone here in Canada and Ontario. Um, but it's crazy. No one, no one in uh, Missouri yet, but I'll, I'll get there. For sure. Well, well, most people in Missouri don't work out, man. So good luck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. fair enough. I can't, hate, I can't hate on my, uh, my home state like that. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let it slide on this one. Um, but yeah, I really want to dive into what I'll call, I guess, the science behind body transformations. And, you know, I, again, I love that you put out a lot of long form content. You put out a lot of content and it's great stuff too. It's not like you're just putting up just to put up. It's like you put the work in. Um, so if you, if you, you can take control of this, this show from here on out is like, what, what do you kind of tell people who are like, I want to, I want to transform, right? I want to lose fat. I want to build muscle. I want to just completely change my physique long-term. Could you walk us through your process for people or how you would approach it? Yeah. So, and first again, thanks for, thanks for that, man. I, I really appreciate that. I definitely don't have short, <laughs> short, uh, content. It's definitely longer. I, I've been told by some people where it's like, Hey, you need to make it shorter. And I'm like, I know, but it's, you know, I, I just like to give as much information as I can. So I'm trying to work on like finding the best way to, I'm just find that, trying to find that happy medium anyways. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So like basically transformation. So I made a post on this. Um, I think it was like yesterday or the day before about, uh, like transformation. So I think first, maybe like, like what exactly is a transformation? And I don't really have a good answer, but I did kind of want to say what I, what I personally think it is you know, and again, we're talking like body transformation here. Like this isn't like a whole person transformation, but like body transformation, I think it's just somebody that wants to make like a substantial change to their look. I, I imagine this person kind of being somebody that like, you know, they not, they haven't necessarily like worked out all the time, but they just like, they can or can't like have ever worked out. doesn't matter, but they just probably have like low amounts of muscle, higher levels of body fat, um, you know, they're just not happy with the way they look, you know, they want to kind of change that their, their physique and weight, right? I would say that's probably what a transformation is. Would you, would you agree with that? Or would you have anything that you would add to that in terms of like what a transformation is to you, like a body transformation? That's uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's, it's, I mean, transformation too, there's a huge mental component. So I mean, yeah. that, that does play a major role, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's shedding some body fat, put on some muscle and, and achieving a, a physique or a look for, for that person for sure. Yeah. And, and so what, I, how I want to take this is I'll go over more like the training, like nutrition side of stuff. And then I do want to finish with the mental side, because as you mentioned, I do think that that is probably underlooked uh, a lot of the times when it comes to this stuff. And, and, and it is so important, but it's like, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like sleep where it's just like, yeah, I know, but it's like, I, I know, you know, but, but it is actually really important or, or people just think like mental stuff's kind of like foo-foo and that's fine. But again, you realize like how important it is. So, so what I wanted to do is like talk about maybe some mistakes, but then also like what you can do to, to fix those. So, and this is in no like particular order or anything like that, but one of the big mistakes I think people make is they, uh, when they are trying to make a transformation is they, they don't do as much like resistance training as they, as they should, you know, they do little to no resistance training. Um, and as we know, like a lot of times when people want to change the way they look, muscle is going to play a big role in that. And I think people shy away from it because they think that they're just going to turn into this super jack bodybuilder. Right. And, and that's not the case. You're not going to look like that. Um, you know, muscle is going to be one of those things that again, you're, you're going to look better. You're going to have more of that, that toned look. Um, but even also, you know, you're going to be stronger. You're probably going to be less 
injury prone from it. And also, you know, you have better uh, insulin sensitivity, like your body just like does a better job of utilizing the nutrients you give it when you have more muscle. And then one thing too, that, you know, I think is important on this too, is I, I talk about this a lot. A lot of people, they just, they just want to lose weight. And I think some people do really need to lose weight, but sometimes that can get you into trouble where if you just focus on losing weight, you know, you're going to focus on like strategies that aren't really going to fuel you, fuel you, you know, you're probably going to under eat. Um, and then too, when you're smaller, when you're smaller body weight, you are just going to actually burn less calories, like overall. So like, this is one of those things where, again, if you're already like somewhat small, I think losing weight, isn't going to be your best bet there. It's just, Hey, focus on, on building some muscle and changing that body composition. Right. Because again, we don't, you don't want to necessarily like get to super low body, uh, uh, body weights, just because again, like I said, you are probably going to just burn less, uh, less calories overall, just because you're smaller. Right. So that's one thing that I think people overlook um, with that. And, and, you know, because of that, they focus too much on, on the scale, but that's a, a different uh, topic anyways, but resistance training, uh, you know, again, people don't focus on that enough. And the cool thing with this is, as you know, man, you don't have to do six, seven days a week of resistance training. If you're somebody, it just, it, it kind of depends where you're at. Like, for example, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't resistance train at all, I mean, you, you literally could get away with like probably going twice a week and you're going to be more than fine. Right. If you're somebody who does enjoy lifting, you already kind of go now, maybe your training is just like suboptimal or something. You, you know, three, four, five days is, is perfect too. So again, you don't have to like do it for long periods of time. Right. Um, and to like, on top of that, I think that, okay, so maybe some people are resistance training, but then the, the, the way that they resistance train isn't great. And what I mean by that is like, they will, they will weight, weight train, but then you kind of have issues where maybe they're, they're focusing too much on certain body parts. You know, like we talk about, I skip legs all the time, or, uh, you know, you, you said you did arms all the time and, and you wouldn't train your chest because you didn't, you know, so people I do think kind of have this imbalance there a little bit too, but also when I say quality of workouts, I think people, when they get into weight training, they think that they, so they're like, cool, I'm weight training, but now they turn it into this like circuit type training, like super high intensity. And they just try to like burn as many calories as they can when they weight train. So I think people focus too much on quantity of, of stuff like exercises, sets, whatever, when really we want to focus on that quality. And what I mean by that is I think, and I do this sometimes too, where I'll be in the middle of a set, like a weight a resistance training set, like when I'm, you know, and I'm thinking about the next set or the next exercise I'm going to do when it's like, no, you need to, you need to focus on that set here and there, right? Like make sure that set is, is challenging because what happens when you're focusing on other stuff is, I feel like, you know, your quality goes down. You're probably just going to try to fly through it. Your form's going to break down. So, you know, work on that quality too. Like it's not all about how much you're doing. It's about, you know, improving that, that quality, um, as, as well. So I jump in and ask you a question on that too. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your take on like on pushing a failure in this situation? Yeah. I think a couple, this is, this is a very nuanced topic, right? Uh, so I, I think first, like defining what failure would be. And, and to me, like failure is like, it, it can either be technical failure where like your form breaks down or it's like failure. Like you just literally can't do anymore. Right. I think, I think you want to probably focus more on like technical failure, but I think a lot of people don't, it's, they, I don't think they necessarily know like what that is exactly. So that can be a challenge where like, if you tell people don't train to failure, then they like stay super, super far away from failure. Right. So, so you have to be careful there, but if you are somebody that every time you lift, you're just like trying to go as, as much as you can, and then you just can't lift the weight anymore. It's like, okay, doing that every single time you go in probably isn't going to be the best for your gains, just because when you go that close to failure all the time, you know, your fatigue's going to go up, 
injury risk is going to go up. And so what you're going to feel there is uh, these are going to be your people that, um, you know, you talk to at the gym that are like, oh man, I, I, I haven't been able to train for two weeks because I'm injured or, uh, you know, they, they train hard for like six weeks and then they are burnt out. So then they don't go for like three weeks. You know, that those are the types of people that you're going to see like, like doing that. So again, with failure, it's, you just want to be strategic about it. And, and, you know, I don't think you should go to failure every time, but you also, I think it's nice to go there every once in a while. So you kind of know what it is. So mm. with, with my clients, I like to do something where I tell them, Hey, you know, in the beginning of a new training phase or whatever, we're going to, we're going to go, you know, we're going to keep a reps, a few reps in the tank. And then from there we'll build off that. And then eventually you'll get close to failure. So, you know, using it sporadically, nice. I think is, is, is a way to go there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but real quick, one more thing on resistance training again with, with muscle too, like, Again, it's going to help you. It's going to give you that shape. But we also talked about the, the caloric expenditure, you know, how many calories you burn. You're not going to burn a lot of calories in a weight training workout, but it's, it's muscle itself is very costly to build and maintain. Um, so, so you have that as well, where you, know, you probably see your metabolism speed up slightly because of that. Right. So really this is, this is good in today's world because of, you know, all the, the tasty foods around. So we need to work with our body rather than against it. So again, uh, to sum that one up, you know, a lot of people, they, uh, they don't focus enough on resistance training. And then to go a little bit further than that, the quality, you know, they focus maybe a little bit too much on quantity over quality in those, uh, resistance Absolutely. training. So you're saying well. I shouldn't be doing 40, 40 set workouts or anything like that. <laughs> like my 19 year old <laughs> self would do. <laughs> exactly. And, and here's the thing, man. So, so you say that and with that, it's like, okay, maybe for some people that is good. But what that tells me though, is if you can get up to 40 sets on something, I'm automatically going to kind of, and, and, uh, somebody I, I look up to in the fitness industry, his name's James, James Hoffman. He works for Renaissance periodization. He gives him the, his skeptic eyebrow raise when he hears something like that, because it's like, okay, if you can do that much, you know, maybe you can, like maybe that particular body part can go that high, but what's your quality look like? I, I guarantee say. you, your quality is, is probably not there. If you're able to go that high, like you could probably get away with doing a lot less if we talk, if we focus on that, that quality. So yeah, that's again, where, you know, that resistance training is important. If you're not doing anything, do that. But over time, you're going to want to dial in that, that quality as well. Otherwise you'll kind of be where we were at one point where we were working hard, but just kind of spinning our wheels there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I remember like a, like a chest day, we have like seven chest exercises and thinking back, Dude. I'm like, holy smokes man like but it, it's either so i would I, I think i worked hard but at the same time it's like the quality of repetitions weren't there or i was thinking about all the other exercises i had to do so i was like well i can't push too hard now because i still have to do this and this and this and this and flies and press and this and that so it makes sense when do you say that and when i've seen sometimes people in like facebook groups will like share their routine i just look and i'm like why like why i don't i would never i don't even want to spend that much time working out anymore like an hour and a half to two hour leg day i'm like that doesn't sound fun at all i like to walk <laughs> i like to be able to exactly. sit down comfortably uh, but yeah you make a really good point there for sure well and too like that's where i think resistance training can kind of get a bad rap too is because you, i mean i mean think about that man if you're doing you know like you said that many sets of something or that many exercises something i mean doing that over and over again i mean i feel like that, you know like you said there with like seven exercises for chest, it's like, well, no wonder my shoulder doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it makes sense. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and again, like I, I am a huge stickler on technique, uh, as well. Like, I think that that, that is super important now, again, with any of these things, like you're not going to get it perfect right away. Right. Like it's going to take time. But again, I think if you can focus on good technique, not only are you going to get more out of each exercise and therefore you don't have to 
you know, we obviously want to lift heavier over time, but you, if your if your technique is better, you probably don't have to do as much weight as you think you need to do. Um, but also long-term too. Right. And I talked about the long-term sustainability. Like we also need to be thinking about how this is going to affect us like in the future as well, because yeah, it's cool if you can like train hard for two years, but the thing with muscle is it's, you know, it's kind of like a suntan where like you, you don't want to do too much at first, but you want to ease your way into it. But in order to keep it, you have to keep applying that that stimulus to it. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, if you can work out for two years, cool, but you got to make sure you can do it long-term because once you stop doing it, your, your body's going to be like, well, again, like I said, it's a, it's very costly to, to build and to maintain. So your body views it as kind of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. It views it as like a luxury item basically. And so yeah. like you, you have to give it reason to, to keep it and, and to build it. Yep. So I love it. That's perfect. That's a great analogy. I never thought of it like that. That's really helpful. The, the yeah. suntan one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, somebody told me that years ago. I was like, dude, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, it, it, cause I literally just got back from Punta Cana a couple of weeks ago and, um, my thighs never get any sun and I left them without sunscreen for an entire day and there they're still like, they're still burnt. So that's kind of the equivalent <laughs> of doing no resistance training and then doing 40 sets of whatever. <laughs> um, cool. So, so the next one is uh, a big mistake people make, I think too. And, and, again, we'll talk about what's better is they, this is kind of, this kind of goes back to the last one, but they focus too much on like high intensity workouts slash like burning calories. And to top that off, they think that doing more of that is better. And, uh, what happens there is, and, and they, and because of that, they don't focus on like overall activity levels, right? Like we've, I know you've talked about steps. Like I, I talk about steps, like it's a less sexy topic. So I think people, again, kind of just brush over it like steps. That's, that's stupid, right? Like if I'm going to work out, I got it. This has got to be yeah. craziest workout, you know, it's like, so what happens when people do this, when they're trying to make a transformation is, you know, obviously nutrition plays a role in this. If you're doing these super high intense workouts all the time, and you're combining this with like not bringing in a lot of food, you're going to elicit the, you're, you're not going to get the results that you think you should like in your mind, you think that that's better, but again, your body needs like carbohydrates and energy to perform these high intensity workouts. So, you know, that's, that's the first issue with it. But from there, it's like people try to focus too much on how many calories they burn in a training session. And that's great. But what matters the most is how much you burn through throughout the day and like how much your overall activity levels are. So what happens is people will burn, try to burn as many calories as as they can in like 30 minutes, right? And maybe they do burn more calories than somebody else in that 30 minutes. But usually in order to do that, the training has to be pretty intense. So with that, there comes a lot of fatigue as well, right? So you're, so you're fatigued. So what happens, you know, later in the day, you don't move as much. So then because of that, your overall activity levels drop, right? So then, so then essentially you could theoretically be burning less calories overall um, throughout the day because you're not moving as much. And then too, like I said, the, the, fatigue part of it, you know, you just get super tired. You don't want to move. You don't want to do anything. And then, um, the other thing on that was, what was that? So burning, burning calories, um, the fatigue. Yeah. There was one other thing there that I wanted to bring up. You know, you could potentially see some increase in hunger as well from that because the the training is, is intense. Um, man, there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up here on this that's slipping my mind right now. Lack Lack of recovery recovery yeah that that's one um shoot it will come back to me but so what i like to do here is instead of focusing on that like focus on uh just overall activity levels like make sure that you are staying active like don't basically don't do a workout that then later is gonna cause you to to 
move less overall because again like i said that's that's going to be more important than what you do in, in a 30 minute session or whatever now I will say here with this, I do think it's good to do these things probably a couple times a week, right? Like these higher intensity workouts um, that really get your heart rate up, things like that. Because I just think that it's great to, to get your heart rate up like that. But don't just like keep doing more and more and think that that's what's going to be the answer there with that more, you know, more high intensity workouts. Again, these are going to be things that I think of when I hear this are like kind of like not all group classes. Like I think some group classes are great, but these are ones where I just feel like their, their main goal is to just try to get your heart rate up, just try to get you sweating. I like to call this kind of like fitness fluff, right? Where it's like, nice. yeah, it's good, but it's like, it's not really like, it's not really changing your body. Like you think it is because of the reasons no. that I, that I just mentioned, you know what I mean? It, but, but it feels hard. So it's like, oh, this must be good because it, because it feels hard. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? It's like, you're spinning your wheels. Like you're working you're working your ass off, but you're not really going to go anywhere just doing that. There's there's more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. And, and so again, this is where you could, even if the group class is like, they do do some weight training, like that's probably not the best way to, to build muscle. I kind of like we talked about, we need that quality to be there. We need to make sure that we are, you know, training somewhat hard. And, and so again, I think that these group classes kind of just give that off of like, oh, they maybe, you know, it's, it's just a little too high intensity. It's just focus on calorie burn, um, things like that. I've seen plenty of times where like clients are like, oh, I, you know, I, I do this workout. I do this intense work. I'm like, whoa, you know, we need to drop that down, you know, look at your overall activity levels. Cause like on those days they, they do end up going down. This was the other one that I, that just finally came to me also with these. And, and I like to think of this too, like, you know, when you first got into personal training, like it was like, Hey, you want to try to give these people the most intense workout ever. Right. And, <laughs> and again, that's great, but they also, it gives them an excuse to not do anything else. I feel like, um, so like, for example, you know, if you, you, you buy a trainer, you get them for two sessions a week, you're like, these workouts are what's going to get me in great shape. And it's like, they'll help. Right. But then you, you work so hard in those workouts that trainer kills you in that session. And now it's like the rest of the day again, you don't move. So you're just like, well, it's okay because I got that workout in. Right. But it's like, again, you're not doing the thing that you actually think you need it to do there on that. So again, from a mental standpoint, you kind of can talk yourself out of like doing other things because of the fact that, Oh, well, yeah. I got that good workout in or it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Or even if you do track, like how many calories you burn, which again, if you do, that's fine, but just realize that like those probably aren't super accurate for one. And then two, definitely don't want to eat your calories back as well on, on those things. That's a, that's a big mistake um, yeah. people make there. Big no, no. So, so, so the next one uh, that I see in terms of like a kind of a mistake people make when they are trying to make a body transformation is, and this is more nutrition side of things, but going low protein, uh, mm. protein, I feel like, and, and I know you've made a post on it. I made a post on it about how, like, it kind of became this thing that like only gym bros did, right. It's like, Oh, if you want to be a bodybuilder, it's protein, protein, protein. And it's like, that is kind of like, I feel like still the perception of it. Right. It's like, Oh, you just want to get that protein. Cause you're a gym bro or what it just has this like weird perception to it. I don't know why, but you know, come find out, man, protein is super helpful in a body transformation. Um, a lot of times when people run like a fat loss phase or they try to change their body composition, the way they look, they just, they, they don't get enough protein. And I think part of it comes from the fact that they're not eating a lot, um, but just knowledge too on it. Right. Again, they, they don't want to get super jacked. And again, being super jacked is associated with like protein. So then they avoid protein, but it's like protein's yeah. great because obviously we need it to build and maintain muscle. Okay. And again, we want that if we want to change the way we look, uh, like I talked about earlier, if we want to build muscle and by having more muscle, again, you're going to increase that energy expenditure. 
also uh, protein is very satiating. Like it keeps you feeling full. Like I'm sure you feel the same way, but I have a ton of clients that once we start working on protein, they're like, man, I just like not hungry throughout the day. Like I'm having trouble, like hitting my calorie goal. And it's like, I mean, that's, that's great. Like this is not a, this is not bad. Like this is good. So, so there's that, right. It can keep you full on a diet. And I think a lot of people don't, they make that mistake when they're fat loss dieting. And then the, the third thing that I love about protein too, is just like, you know, building more muscle can make a small increase in your overall energy expenditure. Protein costs, uses the most energy to digest and absorb. Okay. So uh, just eating food, like burns calories. I think people think that the only way to burn calories is like through exercise, but you know, just eat when you eat and uh, digest and absorb food that costs calories. Like you have to use energy for that. And protein out of the three out of uh, protein, carbs and fat fats uses the most energy to absorb and digest. So you're going to see it. It's not a big difference, right? Like we're not talking like, Hey, you're going to be able to burn 500 calories because of this. It's a small amount. I would say, I don't know the exact number on it, but I'm going to assume it's probably under hundred calories per day, maybe mm-hmm. not even close to hundred, but it is going to be something that adds up, right? All these little things are going to add up over time. So that's why I'm a big fan of protein. And so as far as like applications there with protein, you know, the common, like, I think advice right now is like one gram per pound of body weight. So if you're like 150 pounds, you know, you want to aim for about 150 grams. I would say you don't necessarily have to go that high. I think if you hit 0.6 to 0.8 per gram of pound of body weight, I think you're getting more than enough in, um, per day uh, for that. And really what I tell clients here is, you know, best thing you can do, I think is, you know, see how many meals, what whatever, whenever you have a meal, just make sure there's a lean source of protein in it. You know, we're talking chicken, steak, uh, ground beef, lean ground beef, lean ground turkey, deli meat, like turkey, chicken, beef jerky, Greek yogurt, protein powder, things like that, right? Those are all going to be your, your, your typical protein sources. Um, so yeah, I would say that's like the third thing there that you're going to need. And, and something that people just overlook when it comes to a body transformation is, is, is protein. hundred percent. And, and it's been probably my most used word yeah. <laughs> over the last year or two, other than like saying no to my five-year-old. Um, but it's, it's true. Like protein becomes this thing where I think we're just, we're not conditioned to eat a lot of it growing up. It's not the main source of a lot of things, or it's, it's not the convenient food, right? It's not the fun stuff. Um, I've never really found myself craving a chicken breast. Yeah. Right? We, you know, we don't have that kind of association. So to tell people team more protein, and I always talk to my clients because nine out of 10, people coming in don't don't eat enough protein. So I'm like, okay, well, here's where the target's going to be. But we have to work to get you there. It's not like you're going to just get there right away. Um, But I what do you what do you find helps most in terms of helping clients get to that protein target when they really just maybe they struggle with averaging 40 to 50 grams a day? Yeah, some things that we work on, again, you know, working on, you know, first, it's, it's, I think it starts with having a list and then going to the grocery store and like having those things available. I think that's the first thing there. Cause like you said, man, it's, it's super hard to get it in if you're not actively seeking it out. So it's like, you know, what's the best thing we can do there? Well, I think planning ahead and um, just having it available. Right. I, I like to, I have what I call my handy sources of protein. And, and those are going to be things that like I have when let's say, for example, I wasn't able to, to meal prep because again, when, when it comes to protein, like you, you, there's, probably going to have to be some prep involved in it because again, you have to cook it, right? Like you're not going to just grab a chicken breast from the store and then eat it. Right. (laughs) At least hopefully not. And so you do have to cook it. Right. So it requires some cooking. So like, for example, if you don't have something prepped, uh, my handy sources are, and these are things that you have in your pantry or wherever you're at in case you 
you know, you look over your meal, you're, you're like, oh crap, no protein. What do I do? Yep. Greek yogurt, right? That's going to be a good one. Uh, again, maybe a protein bar, protein powder, beef jerky, um, deli meat, things like turkey, uh, the chicken that they have at the deli. Um, and then like tuna packets, right? Those are kind of my, yeah. and, and you can have other ones if you want to, like, it doesn't have to be those, but those are the ones that I'll have on me. If for example, I'm like, just, I know it's a day where I don't have anything prepped, but I have those to fall back on. Right. So I think that can be super helpful. And then two, like you said, don't feel like you have, like, if we say one gram per pound of body weight, don't feel like you have to go from not doing it to then all of a sudden you have to get one gram per pound body weight, you know, obviously think about where you're at. And then from there, you know, more is going to be for you at that point, doing more is just going to be better than, you know, 40 or 50 grams yeah, a day. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then two, sometimes people that are overweight, uh, you know, say they're between like 200 and 300 pounds or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what the exact number is. You know, they hear one gram per pound of body weight and they're like, wait, I got to eat 250 grams of protein per day. And it's like, you don't have to, you know, if, if you're, if you are pretty overweight, you have higher levels of body fat, you could go more off of like your lean body mass. Um, if you want. So like, if you know what that is, you could just use that. Um, but again, just realize that like your numbers will probably be a little bit lower than what it would be for somebody who's, you know, a little bit leaner, um, yeah. in, in trying to get that. Cause yeah, that, Cause I've told people out there like, wait, so I got to get this. I'm like, uh, prob you probably don't need that much protein. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing too, is like, if, even if someone weighs 250 and they're, they're eating on average 150, they're eating on average 50 grams a day. If you take them from 50 to hundred and they maintain that hundred grams of protein, that already is going to make a huge difference for them. Um, and then we build up from there. And like I said, yeah, you don't have to definitely get that much, especially if you're, you know, if you have a higher levels of body fat and stuff like that. Um, and I find too, it's funny. Cause like you talk about, you know, working up there slow, which it can be very disheartening for someone if they have a target and they never, never hit it. That's why we like to set the targets a little bit lower and we build up because the mental process of things takes, takes a huge pass, uh, a part of this like body transformation, building muscles, is a slow process. It's a frustrating process for some. And especially if someone's looking to lose fat and build muscle, but change their body composition, that scale is going to be a nightmare for them. So like digging into the, mental aspect of things. How, how do you kind of approach that with, with people? Yeah. So I, I think you're right there. You know, it all, it, it all takes, it takes time. Right. So, so again, like you, you have to slow down. You can't just expect this to happen in, in two weeks. Um, so a few things that I like uh, is so like, there's going to be setbacks along the way and like, you're going to have bad days. Okay. So I think kind of reframing those, not necessarily as like, Hey, I, I screwed up or whatever it may be, but like, Hey, it's a bad day. You know, tomorrow's a new day. I'm just going to move on and, and, and move forward. And two, also like, how can you learn from that process? Because I think that's important. You know, I think a big part of our job is again, we're, we're going to try to set goals and, and give them things to do, but this is where like when people are like, Oh, I'm just going to follow this program or whatever. I'm like, that's great. And that's a good starting point. But what are you going to do if you plateau or you're, you have a bad day or something like that's where you make, that's where you either make progress or, or you kind of stay stuck in this, in this endless cycle. Right. And so I think being able to reframe like setbacks and bad days are super important in this process and realize that like everything you're doing, it, like dieting's a skill, uh, training's a skill, like this is all skill and just realize like, you can't expect to be where like, not that, you know, we are these amazing people, but they can't expect to be where we are. Right. We've put in the time we've, we've had our, our tough times. And so realizing that you know, you're going to have these bad days and just, you just have to keep moving forward. And, and again, like learning from them and, 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 you know, using them as, as learning opportunities rather than this is bad. Like for example, clients that go on like vacation or something, you know, we'll, we'll set goals for them and they come back and they're like, it wasn't, you know, it was bad or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, first tell me why, but then also let's look back. What do you feel like could have been better? And next time you go on a trip, like 
what can you do better the next time you go on a trip? Because ultimately that's what's going to matter. It doesn't matter that you didn't do well on that last trip. You know, you're going to travel again at some point. So how can we improve that the next time? Right. And so I think that's, I think that's really one of the most important things that we do as coaches is kind of reframing those, those setbacks and bad days and realize that they're not, it's not the end of the thing of whatever it may be you're trying to do. It's just, again, I just, um, plateau and and move forward and learn from it yeah and i think too like usually the setback isn't as bad as we make it out to be in our head um even if someone tells me like oh like i ate so much last night it was so bad i was like just do yourself a favor and log it like just take a look at because sometimes we build up these like mountains in our mind that it was so bad and when you put the numbers down sometimes it's really not that bad at all and not just that like that day is not going to dictate anything. It's how you react the days after that one yep. day. Like went out for dinner last night, uh, went to the keg or just whatever. I talked I talk to my coach already. So just, just eat. So like, I can take it two ways today. I can just be like, Oh, okay. Yesterday well, I ate too much. Well, so today I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And then it just spiral into the weekend or I just do what I'm supposed to be doing and what I've been doing leading up to the same day. Right. It's, it's, it's only a setback. I think if you, if you let it become one, I just we call it a bump bump in the road because it's not as smooth, but you're still going. You're still on the trip. You're not just you're not just getting off the highway because, you know, maybe you had to slow down for a little while. Well, and plus, like I said, all these things are skills, too. I I think that that's a forgotten component of this. Like people that are in professional athletes, you know, it's we look at them and and we don't realize all the work they put in to get there. We just see them where they're at. And it's like, look, they they went through the same stuff. Just obviously it's different, but it's still kind of the same. Right. Everything's most things in life are skills and, and you just have to learn how to develop them. Um, and then too, you know, you, you talked about like, um, again, like I, I think also realizing too, and this goes hand in hand with that, like, you're not going to be perfect with things right away. I think that that's the other thing too, is that again, it's a skill. So it takes time to develop and that goes hand in hand, but just thinking you're going to be perfect with it right away, I think is a huge mistake that, that people make. And again, you're not going to be perfect with it right away. So give yourself that, that space to, to be able to mess up and, and learn these things. Cause again, you're not going to be, be perfect with it. I love it. That's huge, man. Do you have any other uh, big pointers and strategies when it comes to, to body transformations? Yeah, I did want to, I don't know how much time do you have to be off it? No, the top we can of the keep, hour? let's keep going now. Cause, cause I, I had a couple that I, that I did want to kind of go over real quick, if you don't mind. Let's um, do it. And maybe we can go back to a couple mental things, but uh, as far as like the, like training variable and nutrition variables go, like one mistake is not always like, or people always being trying to go low calorie or always like trying to fat loss diet. Um, mm. I think that that's a big mistake people try to make uh, just because our body is really good at adapting to what we do. Right. We talked about the suntan analogy, like it adapts to that same thing with fat loss dieting. Uh, when you go low calorie, your body will find ways to, to adapt to that. And we have to think about this from like a uh, evolutionary perspective. I always like to do this when it comes to nutrition, we evolved not having a ton of food around, right. Uh, you know, we had to go hunt for our food. We had to get it. So we didn't always have this abundance of food that we have around now. Right. So our body is really good at finding ways to conserve energy if you're not giving it enough energy. Okay. And so what happens is, you know, people will go low calorie and, you know, it works for time being, and then you do it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to get super hungry. Um, your energy goes, your energy levels go down, your mood sucks, your training sucks. Um, and then next thing you know, you're plateaued and you're like, what's going on? I'm doing what I was doing before. And now it's not working. And that's nothing wrong with you. That's just your body adapting to that. Right. So a lot of times people will say their metabolism is broken, but really what that means is their metabolism has just adapted to what they have been doing. Right. It's finding ways to conserve energy. Um, for example, you know, maybe when you go 
do your cardio now, maybe when you were bringing in plenty of energy, that cardio burned hundred calories where now it may only burn 75 calories. Right. Mm -hmm. So these are things that your body's doing to keep you alive. And I, I think it's, I find it super fascinating that, that it does this. It's, it's really cool. Now, some people will see more of a, uh, adaptation than others. Right. So some people may see this adaptation happen super quick. Um, or the other people, they could diet for a long period of time and they don't see any adaptation just going, it just keeps going. That's a, a large genetic component to it. You know, obviously people that struggle with weight loss probably, are the ones that don't have great genetics for weight loss. But again, there's ways around this, right? So anytime you, you're dieting for a while and you see things like that where hunger increases, like just realize that it's not you, it's just the, your body doing what it's supposed to do. And the, the other thing on this too is, you know, adherence to the plan is what's going to cause you to lose body fat, right? Just finding ways to get into a energy deficit is, is how you're going to lose body fat. There's many different ways to do it. It doesn't have to be a certain diet protocol, just as long as you're getting that uh, energy deficit. And the number one factor of if it's going to work or not is adherence. And as you can see, if you, if you do this for long periods of time, you know, your hunger's increase, your hunger goes up. So everything, everything looks good. Everything sounds good. Um, energy goes down. You're not moving as much. Uh, if you're not paying attention to it, you can see where adherence becomes a challenge like long-term with this, right? So this is again, where people, they, they diet long-term, they keep doing this. They don't know what's going on. And then that's where people all of a sudden just say, screw it. And then they just, that's where they gain all that weight back, right? Your body, your body really likes to be where it's comfortable at. So at that point it hasn't adapted to that yet. So it's like, if you just go back to what you're doing before, that's why you see all that weight come back on super quick. Your body's just trying to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We went a long period of time without getting energy. There must not be a lot of food around. So let's, this guy, this guy's feeding us now or girl they're feeding us now. Let's hold on to all this energy that we can and get you back to, to where we're comfortable. So then it goes back to that. Right. And that's where people get themselves in trouble. So to combat this, I like to do what I like to call, like, you can call it nutrition periodization seasons of nutrition, whatever it may be, but we work in like phases of fat loss. Okay. And it can be, I would say a good time frame is probably anywhere from eight to 16 weeks. And I like to have a large range because again, if you're coming from higher, uh, higher weight, you know, you can probably be in a fat loss phase longer than somebody that doesn't have as much weight to lose. Um, maybe you ha have really good diet skill. You can, that's going to affect how, how long you're going to be dieting for. Right. And so, uh, doing that. And then like, say, for example, you run a fat loss phase eight to 16 weeks, lose the weight you want. And from there, instead of just going back to what you're doing before, you know, we call this next part, like a, you can either call it a reverse diet, a maintenance diet, whatever it may be. And then from there, we spend time slowly increasing calories and the food you're eating and just kind of focusing on like overall recovery and how you're feeling, you know, improving training performance. And, and from there, we just work on kind of uh, maintaining that new weight loss, right. And making sure that the weight doesn't spike up super yeah, quick. Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's a big mistake people make is they do a fat loss diet or a 30 day challenge. And then they go right back to what they were doing before. And like, I just talked about your body's just going to go right back to where, where it was. So again, there may be a little weight gain in this post diet phase, but it's controlled, right. It's not this all of a sudden this huge spike. Um, so that's super important. We don't have a weight loss problem. People know how to lose weight. We have a long-term weight loss problem where people can't maintain that weight loss long-term. They, again, it's either, and I think it goes back to the mindset of it, of I'm either hundred percent on or hundred percent off. So yeah. I don't know if you have any questions on that or what your thoughts are. No, I love that. that. Yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest issue that, that I've seen with people in their histories when they talk to me about it. it's like, they diet for a period of time, they see some results, but they can't keep it doing it. So then they stop doing what they were doing and they go back to eating how they were eating because it's, it's, they didn't really build any skills during that process. They were just cutting out foods typically. 
um, and then they just gain a bunch of weight back, they're even more frustrated. And the body, it just takes it all and holds it. And, it. and every time you do that, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's tough. It's tough to kind of help people out of that frame of mind because they love how they felt when they lost the weight initially. But what got them to do that wasn't, it's never going to be the way that they keep it off. That's the, that's the biggest thing. And you said it, weight maintenance, I think, is the toughest part. Either people don't know what it looks like. They don't know how to get there. They can't wrap their heads around maintaining because they've been dieting for the past 10 years or trying to, right? So it's, it's this big, big mindset shift. And I love helping people get around that stuff because it, it you know, if, if you're 35, 40 years old and you've dieted a bunch of times already, you don't want to do it anymore because it, it just sucks every time you try to do it. So you take this like really intensive time, three months, six months, and just really reframe how you're approaching the entire thing. So that way next year, you don't have to do it anymore. You just, you just live. And I think that's, that's the toughest part for people. Yeah. Just live. I mean, cause I, again, like long-term, we got to think long-term on, on this, just like with building muscle, like it, what, what you're doing in that specific time is working, but you have to be able to, to do this long-term. So you know, always dining for fat loss is not going to be sustainable, not only from a, a mental perspective, but also just the way our body works too. It's just not going to be something that, that you can do long-term, especially in the world we live in today, man, where it's just like, you're just constantly hit your food. Envi- our food environment is just, it's not conducive to that type of dieting, you know, long-term. So, um, you know, I, I think it's super important to, again, be like, Hey, look, you don't always have to be doing this. And then, and then, like you said, transitioning out of that, um, is, is super important. I, like you said, that that's honestly probably one of my most favorite things is, is changing that mindset. Cause again, you, like you said, you get in that cycle of you end up losing the same, like 10 to 15 pounds every freaking time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I think, I think we, we sum that up pretty well. So then the, the last one here is going to be basically, so that's all like, you know, like stuff in the gym, obviously maybe some nutrition, but also people have like no focus on things outside of the gym. And what I mean by that is we kind of talk nutrition, but you can throw nutrition in that as well, but like sleep and stress too. Like people don't Mm. focus on those, those side of things outside of the gym. They just, when they're trying to like get in shape, I think they focus too much on that one hour that they're working out or whatever it may be. And then the rest of the time it's like, Oh, doesn't matter. You know, I got my workout and I'm good to go, which can work for you. But if you're really trying to make that, that body transformation and, or, you've been struggling to make that transformation. I think it's time that you start to focus a little bit more on things outside of the gym, whether that be sleep, your stress man- management, um, again, just making sure you're, you're just keeping your overall activity levels high. Um, and then again, nutrition too, right? Like that, that's obviously going to play a huge role in this as, as we've talked about. Uh, but again, I, I think too many people don't focus on those things outside of the gym for one sleep, like sleep's going to be one of those things where, I think if you constantly get bad sleep, you don't realize how much it is affecting you. But when we don't get good sleep, you know, our, our, we don't make as good decisions. And when we're doing that, obviously, you know, uh, you're probably more likely to give into cravings because, you know, you're just mentally, you're not all there, right? You're, I mean, your energy levels are going to suck. You just don't feel as good. So like that just affects everything. Plus your training going to suck. You're probably not going to want to move as much the next day. Um, but also when we do get poor sleep, like we do also tend to crave more like processed type foods. And those foods aren't bad, but those types of foods are going to get you to, uh, they're just easier to overeat, right? They're harder to, to regulate your appetite with it um, as, as well. So, uh, you know, the, you have to be careful with that. And then stress too. I mean, stress is one of those things where your body doesn't know the difference between training stress and like, hey, my girlfriend broke up with me or, you know, your, your son's keep saying no, keep saying no to you. Like your body doesn't <laughs> know, the, <laughs> your body doesn't know the difference between those, those two. So all stress kind of, falls into the same bucket. And, you know, for just overly stressed, our body 
probably is going to, that's going to alter the way our body handles like stress overall. And just, uh, you know, when we are stressed, our body's going to crave more taste for most people, right? This isn't like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. But for most people, we're going to take, we're going to crave those tastier type foods. And again, they're harder to regulate. So, you know, indirectly, directly stress will not affect like your progress, but indirectly it can really affect a lot of things. And then obviously we know nutrition, right? Nutrition is going to play a big role in that. If you just, if you exercise is great for overall health. And I think it does a great job again of helping you regulate your appetite um, at, at moderate levels. Once you get too high, you may get hungrier, but it's not great for like actually inducing weight loss or, mm-hmm. you know, changing your body, like resistance training does, but in terms of like weight loss exercise, isn't going to have this like huge effect, you know, but you know, don't take that as don't exercise, like obviously exercise for all the health benefits and, and everything, but just realize that you can't like outrun or out cardio uh, a, a poor diet or really any, any lifestyle factors outside yeah. of the gym. And, and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like when it comes to stress and this is where I'm glad you brought up like circuit classes and, and stuff like that. It's like, if, if a busy mom of two is already stressed because you know, kids are stressful work, you know, everything that's been going on over the last two years adds up. The last thing I want them to do is go to a high intensity class to stress themselves out even more even if it's good stress, it's still not going to be conducive with everything else. I'd much rather them go for a 30 minute low intensity walk and just relax a little bit. Right. I mean, also with the mental health side of things that helps, but would you say that's something too, when it, when it comes to the stress factors, you don't want to add more exercise because even if it's good stress, it's still adding on to the stress or in the stress bucket, as you put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to add stress and, and our body can only adapt to what it can recover from. So if you're under recovering, you know, your body's not going to adapt the way that you, you want it to. Um, and, and two on this, this is one of those things where, uh, you know, also like that type of person is already stressed there. Um, they're training a ton like that, like that, that, that kind of that avatar you were talking about. Then on top of it, they are going super low calorie, not getting enough uh, nutrition in They're They're trying to do these workouts that are going to require, like I said, fuel for those and they're not getting it. Um, and, and then two, uh, um, man, sorry, I lost, I lost my train of thought there. So the, the food, but then also like just, yeah, just adding more in, I lost my train of thought again. Sorry. Right. So yeah. Sometimes, sometimes my brain works so fast. I can't like keep up with yeah. my, I try to get my words to go faster yeah. and, and then I can't, I, well, I mean, the, the, so. the dieting is a stress and then life is a stress and then the exercise components of stress. And then you're, there really is no recovery from it. I think is kind of where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's just kind of this endless cycle where like your, 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 the way that you reduce stress is a stressor on top of all the other stressor stressors that you do have. So it just becomes this, yeah, this endless cycle there. Um, so again, that's one of those things where like more is not necessarily always better. And like in that situation, you know, you probably don't want to necessarily have somebody just like go in and, and, and do one of those intense workouts. But, but that's, that's the thing. And two, like, as I talked about to, to kind of wrap this around, I think this is probably where I was going with that. Like, again, you have somebody that's eating low calorie, they're doing, they're, they're already stressed. And then on top of it, they're doing all these workouts. Like your body is probably not gonna put as much resources towards like fat loss or building muscle because, you know, it's priority is obviously like lowering all that, that stress that it has to, right. So it's going to place that on the, on the lower priority. That's going to fall on the priority list as well, you know, so super important to manage stress. And I don't know how you do it. It's, it's a hard thing. I think that again, you know, obviously managing training load can help, you know, making sure they're not like overdoing it in terms of like 
training and stuff like that, but also just, you know, maybe taking some time to just not do anything and relax and not like either be like on your phone or like trying to do work or something, just take five to 10 minutes to just not really do anything. And I always tell clients this when they're extra stressed. And this is again, easier said than done. So let me say that, but try not to let like stupid little things bother you because again, like that's going to just add to that stress bucket and it doesn't matter if it's training or not. So you just have to kind of let you have to, I think at that point you have to decide like, is this worth me getting upset about and adding more stress to something like, for example, like traffic, like, I think that's a classic one that people just add needless kind of stress to their life with that. So if you're already like super stressed with a ton of stuff, just try to like lower, like think about it and be like, you know what, do I really need to get (laughs) upset about something stupid like this? Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Cool. I, th- I think, I think that pretty much sums it up at least from, from that, from like the, the training and kind of mindset, I'd say other than that to just more mindset, just, you know, think about everything in terms of trade-offs. Right. Uh, I always tell clients this, like, it's not like if you have a party and like, do you, do you want to enjoy it and not focus on your diet at that time? Or do you want to just do whatever you want? Like, that's fine. Like that's up to you. Just realize, you know, like here's the trade-offs of it. And ultimately like quality of life is super important in this. And if you're, if your quality of life is suffering because you're trying to make a transformation, I don't think that that is a successful transformation or is it going to be something that lasts long-term for you? Right. Because again, you just, you have to enjoy what you're doing as well. So just realize that everything is a trade-off um, and, and, and it's not a good or a bad thing, but you just have to decide if it's, if you're willing to, to make that trade-off or not. Um, and ultimately that that's up to you if you want to do it or not. It's, it's not like, Hey, you have to do this. You must do this again. Mm-hmm. Here's the trade-offs. This is what could happen. Or if you do it this way. And again, you, you get that choice there on that. I love it. That's a great way to wrap it up. That, that, that sums it up perfectly because it's true that life is just, is a bunch of trade-offs and, you know, as coaches, we can help guide you. At the end of the day, you give yourself permission to do, do it or not do it, it, it whatever the situation is. Um, Jeff, man, this is, this is an awesome episode. The, the one thing we're missing now is just, and you've already given a ton of golden nuggets, but one golden nugget for the audience, it could be literally anything that you want it to be. Um, I think the goal, and, and this, this can be another mindset thing that we can add onto this. Uh, sure. I think don't compare where you're at or your journey to somebody else's because, you know, they have again, to go back to the building muscle thing, genetics, right? They have completely different genetics. They have different time, like they have different time commitments in you. They have different things that they worry about. You know, you have kids. I don't have like, just, you can't compare where somebody else is at to, to where you're at and it, vice versa. I, again, be there and, and help support people and, and w- along their journey, but don't feel like you need to do exactly what they're doing or be exactly where they're at because that's them and, and not you. So I would say that's probably the best thing to, to leave. Uh, I love it on today for super helpful man i love it thank you so much for taking the time in this is the shameless plug portion of the show where you can let people know where to find you and i'll put everything in the show notes anyway too yeah so i'm most active on instagram like on social media so jeff h91 underscore don't ask me how i came about that was probably (laughs) before i even worried about my business um my podcast the mind muscle connection podcast I, i like to dive into like kind of the sciencey type stuff but not not always right so it, but i will say it's probably a little bit more like sciencey behind like the, the the training and nutrition and stuff like that um and then my website jhhealth.net and that's where i write like my blogs and, and stuff like that so i'd say those are the, the three best places uh, to awesome, find me man. i love it i'll leave those in the show notes thanks again cool. jeff for taking the time man i really appreciate it thanks for having me on man good time all right, all right buddy we'll talk to you later thanks